Well, hello there, everyone. My name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Yeah. Each week we talk about things like urban legends. Uh, legends. What is it? Legends of the Mass- Hidden Temple. Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> that Nickelodeon show. Mm-hmm. We talk about croup. Crip- <laughs> <laughs> We talk about cryptozoology. Temple guards from the Legends of the Hidden Temple. Did I say urban legends? Yeah. And then I was then I oh. said Legends of the Hidden Temple, but I was thinking I was trying to say Masters of the Universe, which was the He Man show. Oh. And I was like, Oh, is it Legends of the Universe? But I realize it's not. And then you saved me by helping me remember one of my favorite shows from when we were younger, Legends of the Hidden Temple. That was a weird show. It's such a weird show. At least it was educational. Was it? I guess, kind of. Because there were animals? I don't know. The, pur- the purple parrots always sucked. <laughs> it was the silver snakes, purple parrots. The monkeys, uh, were they mon- red? Something monkeys. Wasn't the monkey na- the monkey team was no alliteration? Red monkeys. Which it's like, make it like, I don't know, maroon monkeys, mahogany monkeys. I don't know. But then there was like, oh, blue barracudas. Green monkeys? I don't remember. I used to love that show. Well, anyways, <sighs> we just talk about anything spooky or paranormal adjacent. Yes, we do. Every single week, Lindsay and I research a topic by ourselves. I will drive to the closest TCBY treats. Lindsay drives to the closest... What's Planet it? Fitness. Planet Fitness. Because <laughs> that's where I like to get my... You know, my mental workout that's going on. Where, oh, yeah. That, that's where you get in the zone. Yeah. I break a mental sweat. Wow. Yeah. What if you actually... Well, and either way, we <laughs> we research things, then we come in here right where we are in here, and we talk about them for the first time with each other and with you guys on our show. So we listen with you. I was going to say about a mental sweat. What if you actually saw someone breaking a mental sweat? What would that look like to you? I mean, the obvious one is like your head sweating. No, it's not that one. That's not a mental sweat. Maybe like your eyeballs sweat. That's called crying. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Although that wouldn't be a bad excuse if you're crying in public and people are like, Say your brain is sweating. What's the matter? Just be like, oh, my eyes are so sweaty. And then wander (laughs) and then wander away as you're sniffling. Like, man, their nose must be sweating too. Yeah, I don't know what a mental sweat would look like. I would think like your ears just start pouring water. That's scary. Yeah, because you're learning a lot. It's scary how much you can learn. Well, last week we (laughs) talked about a murder case, which was the Arliss Perry murder case, which actually one of our buddies, Daniel, told us that they have a suspect or he is in prison. They found out with new DNA testing technology that the person who was actually responsible for the crime, who we're not going to say, in case it's your first episode, you have to listen to our 38th episode where we talked about it. It is someone that you would expect, but not expect. No, you'd probably expect him. <laughs> it was Gilbert Gott. It. We, oh, we already talked. Oh, yeah. It was it. Pennywise the Clown. But yeah, they they tested, they retested some DNA they found at the scene. And I guess they found out it was... This person, we probably already said guy, and they went to his house and he was no longer alive on purpose because he got found out. 
Well, that solves that case, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the, the heads up on that case. I always like figuring out a good murder. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. And quick plug, Daniel also has a podcast that Lindsay and I were on, Daniel and Kate. They host a show called Subverted Tropes, and it was very fun. We were on their show a while ago, well, a few weeks ago or something, and we talked about the movie Mazes and Monsters with Tom Hanks. Good old Tom Hanks. It was very good. What did I talk about last week? I talked about the 10 basic introductory ways to find out if your house is haunted or not. Yes, 100% if it's haunted. Mm-hmm. Any sound, Any sounds whatsoever probably haunted is what we decided, I yeah. think. Couldn't be anything else. Nothing no. else. No, it's nothing else. Can't be birds in your roof. It can't be spiders in your walls. The house is settling. No. It's nothing else. Well, before we get in, well, because I think I'm starting this week because you started last week. Yes. Before we get into it, Lindsay and I have been playing, we downloaded it for free, this game called, what is it, Dead by Daylight? I believe so. Now, if you have a PlayStation number four and you want to download the game, it's free and play with us. We're thinking about maybe setting up something one of these nights this week or perhaps this coming weekend where we get some of our new friends to play this game with us over the World Wide Web on our PlayStation. This is probably the best like free game we've ever gotten. It's just a really fun game. Yeah, four people are people trying to avoid a masked murderer in the woods and one person plays as the murderer, as the like... It's like a bunch of stereotypes from horror movies. And it's super fun. Like being the killer or being the survivor is both really fun and challenging. It is. I actually, I woke up at 6.30 this morning, not on purpose, and I played this morning and it's very fun. <laughs> so if you would so like join to- join us. Please join us. If you would like to play, download the game and you can find Lindsay and I on the PlayStation Network, number four. Our username is L-I-L- underscore molly underscore pup little molly pup with underscores separating each word it's kind of like an imposing name it shows people that you know like we're boss we're here and we and, and we mean business yeah it's a very threatening name especially when you're running around like the killer yeah you've been killed by little molly pup yep 100 percent. so play the game uh we'll also put something else out on twitter soon maybe today or tomorrow well today being monday when you hear the episode so stay tuned we would love to play with you guys and uh yeah we'll we'll figure this thing out i think it could be fun and this and this could be something potentially that we end up doing a few times i think it sounds really fun why not okay well do you want to start us off this week no, I think what I'm going to do is my thing is sort of like an exploration in silence and just how creepy being quiet can be. Oh. So we're about seven and a half to eight minutes in. So I think what I'm going to do for the next 12 or so minutes is just we're going to sit here in silence and see how scary that is. I'm going to go then. Okay. Where are okay. you going to go? Um, Probably <laughs> just somewhere else. Oh, That's, just anywhere? Yeah, not here. Because I don't want to sit here for 12 minutes. That's fine. I okay. actually, I, I have a topic. I'm very excited about it. But before I do, I have some breaking booze, Lindsay Marie. That's your new favorite thing is the breaking booze. I'm really into it. Yeah. yeah? I'm okay. really into it because I don't know. I, I think like a lot of the stuff that we're talking about on the show or that we do talk about, it's older or archived information so it's fun to like keep on trend uh with what's going on mm. so the breaking booze you know it this isn't super new information but our buddy grant wilson 
from the Ghost Hunters. Yes. Uh, him and Jason Hawes were the founders of the Ghost Hunters. If you never, if if you've never seen the show, it's it was one of the longest running paranormal investigation shows on TV. I'm not sure if it's still on. I believe most people have sort of gone their own way. I used to watch a show all the time when I was younger. I think it's one of the most credible shows that was on dealing with ghosty stuff. Oh, yeah. Because if they could actually, like, their main mission was to debunk something. And if they couldn't, then they just left it as is. And that was for you to decide, which I think is smart. Oh, it's super smart. And typically people went in pairs of two and the people who got paired up most often now sort of have their own thing. Like Amy right. Broody and Adam Barry have their own thing. Right. I don't know if Steve and uh, what was the other guy's name who wore the hat? Oh, I don't remember. Fun guy. Yeah, just fun. Fun guy and fun, Steve. Fun guy and Steve. And then either way. But Grant posted this thing on Twitter. It was a photo. I don't believe it was his own original photo, but it had this information dealing with vampires, which is something that we haven't really talked about at all. No, I think we had an episode where we talked about like, would you rather be a zombie or a vampire? But we really haven't dove into the world of vampirism. No. So this is a very quick one. Okay. So. Vampires couldn't see the reflections in mirrors a long time ago, like in the Victorian era and stuff. I don't know. That's that's just kind of when I uh, associate or like the, the era I associate with vampires and stuff. Yeah, like Jack the Ripper era. Yeah, like really uncomfortable and like a lot of clothes all the time. <laughs> like five sets of like these weird underwear yeah. and like 12 undershirts and like all these just like your clothes ha- looked like they were so heavy all the time. Well, yeah, they had to be really heavy. Why do they have to? Well, I mean, like just the amount of clothing and what they were made out of, they just were most likely heavy. By nature of the... Yeah. Oh, I get it. I thought you meant like they had to for like some practical practical reason. I don't know. I think about like even the like on Ohio, the weather gets really, really muggy here. Yeah. It's like think about all those articles. Like a lot of women like had to have like a underdress and then girdles and then more dresses and then another dress and they were always covered up and it was yikes. Yeah, it's too much. Too muggy. Too muggy, too furious. But think about it. You'd only sweat through a couple of those dresses. Yeah. And then your outside dress would never get sweaty. It's a blessing and a curse because no one would ever notice except for your face that you're sweaty. But then before you got too sweaty, you'd pass out from heat exhaustion. Yeah. And then... Or your girdle. Or your girdle would be squeezing the air out of you. And then you'd be like, well, I don't have to be at this party anymore because I passed out. Later, nerds. So maybe you would hope to pass out. Maybe that was like your main goal. Oh, I better pass out. I'm Hopefully I'll on... pass out around 11 o'clock. And a.m. Then I'll or ha- p.m.? Both. <laughs> oh, at the same <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And then I'll have a little dinner and then I'll try to get through that and without passing out. Now, do they pass out directly before dinner and they're still going to eat their dinner or are they going to- Well, they try. To what? <laughs> to eat their dinner. <laughs> While they're passed out? Yeah. So if, okay, if you and I, I'll get to my breaking booze. If you and I were at- <laughs> A dinner party and we were both wearing too many clothes and if if i passed out next to you first and i was on like the very long uh what, like like, like oh, what is it like those really long tables you see in castles and stuff where the royalties on either end and stuff like that right yeah uh, i pass out right next to you my face just landed really hard on the table would you help me try to eat as i was passed out and just like sort of scoot food onto my mouth as I was passed out, like sort of just scrape it onto my face, be like, oh, he's so hungry. What would, no. like, is that what you're saying? So- <laughs> I'd probably come come down to your side of the table and like see what 
I wanted to eat off your plate mm. and see what I could eat before I passed out. And then I'd give some to Molly before she passes out in her dog girdle. Yeah. And then I would like just leave you there. Oh, for a while? Yeah, until you woke up again. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then you just wake up and then you start eating again. That's what they did back then. Imme- like you would immediately come to and then huh, and then just start eating really quick right away. The challenges of that era were like just trying to finish a meal. Well, that's very good to know now. Well, let's talk about your breaking booze. <laughs> We've been going on a lot of tangents recently, but it's okay because I think that these are things that need to be talked about. <laughs> Absolutely. People ask me like four times a day, like, do you know how people ate back in the Baroque era? And you say, no, I don't. And I was like, no, I don't. But now that we've talked about it, I know how to answer that question. Okay. Well, the reason back then when vampires were just running rampant everywhere, one out of every one person was a vampire, the reason why they couldn't see the reflections in mirrors was because mirrors were made like behind the actual reflective surface, I guess, was silver, which is a pure metal. And I guess there's a, like that was the reason why the reflection wouldn't show up because vampires and pure metals don't really work out because like the whole silver bullet thing and stuff. Oh, okay. But now a vampire could see their reflection in a mirror because most mirrors are backed with aluminum or for our few listeners in the UK, aluminium mm. behind the mirror. So do you think the creator of the updated mirror are vampires? Yes. Okay. Yeah, 100% I do. That makes sense. So it's kind of... It's kind of game over right now because... Right, they're all out there. Unless you're... Well, even back then, if you walk past a window, a vampire could still see the reflection. Because I think this whole like not being right. able to see your reflection thing just got blown out of proportion. And I really like I, I really liked the pseudoscience behind it because it was silver and that's a pure metal. And vi- gotcha. <laughs> vampires and silver don't <laughs> mix. Right, they don't like it. They don't like it. They hate it, actually. They're more gold. They're oh, really yeah. into they gold. Like, oh, yeah. They like rose gold. Yeah, they're really into rose gold. Well, that's my breaking booze. That's nice. it. Nice. So I guess be super alert when someone comes into your house or when anyone comes into your house, don't formally invite them into your home because that's vampires are immune to your stuff because you're never going to be able to know if you walk in front of a mirror. So just say, I'd rather you not come in and then you can like wink at them quietly. Wink. Hand them a fork if you have... Silver forks. Silver forks. Oh. And if they don't take it, then you're like, you can't come in. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, stay outside. Yeah, okay. Well, that's Ca- fine. Cash you outside. Cash you outside. How about that? How about that? <laughs> she's probably a vampire too. Why do you say that? Because she's a terrible thing. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Cash me at night. How about that? Cash me in the mirror. Nah. Oh, that's the one? That's it. Oh, okay. Okay, so anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my topic for this week has to deal with hypnosis. Oh, I don't think we've talked about that. We have never talked about hypnosis. Sorry, hypnosis. We've never discussed it. So... My topic deals with the some stories related to being hypnotized and like the sort of our personal opinions on the validity of hypnosis. So a, a quick personal story before I dive into this stuff, I've done, what is it, hypnotherapy or just hypnosis? I was hypnotized twice in my life by a friend of mine. Her name is Lulu. While I, while, while I was living in Oregon, I went to her house because she was practicing hypnosis and needed some trial people. She needed some guinea pigs. And I said, sign me up, Lulu. And I went over there and was hypnotized twice. And the way that some people explain what hypnosis is, like a lot of the, the stuff I was reading, it sounds similar to how it felt while I was being hypnotized both times. 
the the very first time I got hypnotized, it felt more like I was being hypnotized than the second time I was hypnotized. Okay. The first time was more hazy and a little bit, it, it was like I was having a dream, but I was still totally awake. And the second time, I think I was a little bit more aware and like ready for it because I had already gone through it before. And it seemed like I was having a dream, but I was even more awake. I was less like the like sinking feeling of like sitting in a chair wasn't there. I didn't ask Lulu to hypnotize me to like, I don't know, punch myself in the face every time I hear the word like, I don't know, mozzarella. Right. Because that's what a lot of people like that 90s like whole craze of like hypnotologists. How would you even say? Hypnotherapist, I think. Yeah. Would like get big groups of people at auditoriums and they'd like hypnotize. If you heard a bell, they would like act like a dog. Yeah. Like uh, that. Uh, yeah, I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, it's almost like, okay, we have a big event. Do we hire uh, a ventriloquist, a magician, or a hypno or a uh, hypnotherapist person? But we have to pay them double because they have to have the actors in the audience that they pick. Exactly, right. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that's up in the air when it comes to like gimmicky hypnosis or like practical hypnosis. Right. So I'm not going to like really go into the reasons why I went, but mine was more practical. Yeah. It was practical hypnosis. That's what most people I feel like go to but do I, that now. But I think like, at least for me personally, the first one kind of worked, but I think it's because I wanted it to work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But either way, hey, if you want to talk to me more about hypnosis, send us an email at SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com or on Twitter at Spooky underscore Spouses, and I'd happily talk to you about hypnosis and what happened. But either way, I wanted a little bit of science, quote unquote, and a little bit of non-science examples. So there was this doctor, Dr. David Spiegel, who had shoulder surgery. It was a three hour long shoulder surgery in 1972. And during his recovery, because he's been practicing or because he had practiced hypnosis for a long time, self-hypnosis recovered with no pain meds. And that was his claim to claim, like that was his sort of nail in the coffin as to like why this proves that hypnosis is real. Okay. In my defense, I also got surgery on my shoulder a while ago and I also didn't use any pain meds. It just hurt, but I got over it. But either way, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Yeah, I just feel like everybody's body is different. I I agree. But either way, so Dr. Spiegel hypnotized himself and he had been studying hypnosis for about 45 years. And Dr. Spiegel refers to hypnosis as, as, quote, a state of highly focused attention and intense concentration, which I like that because that actually sounds real. It doesn't sound like mind control isn't really in there or like mind control from another person or a third party isn't in his description of what hypnosis is. Yeah. So Spiegel equated being hypnotized to feeling like what happens when you're watching a movie and you become so totally absorbed in that movie that you kind of forget you're watching a movie and you've sort of entered this like imaginary state a la or similar to when you're driving and like you zone out. Um, Yeah. Which is weird, which is really weird. It is weird. Well, like deja vu. That's like uh, like a, I know they're different, but it's that same weird feeling of like, wait, did that just happen or am I making that up? Yeah. Like we could, one of the topics that we, we could discuss in a future episode could even be deja vu. It's, it's weird, right? A lot of people say, because I've, I've look, looked into it a little bit, and a lot of people think it's like paranormal. A lot of people think it's alien-related. A lot of people just think it's your brain misfiring and it's catching back up to where you are or whatever. But yeah, being in a trance-like state where you are just hyper-focused is what Dr. Spiegel said his hypnosis felt like to him. 
He says, this translate state in which you are more open and suggestible than usual can be an effective tool to control pain, ease anxiety, quit smoking or like uh, quit certain addictions and deal with stress and trauma. And the one thing that he felt the need to add was it can even cure hot flashes, which is great. I just, I don't know if I'm like fully on the being hypnotized train because I think about it, I'm like, well, why wouldn't we use this scientific method that we've either created or have found out and like put them in rehab centers or prisons or like if you could hypnotize people to stop doing something they're not supposed to be doing, then why aren't we utilizing that more? I don't know. And I think maybe because it may not be real or people, if if it is real, I mean, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. If it is real, it's kind of one of those things where like, if you admit that, oh, I believe in ghosts or, hey, I promise one time I saw an alien in my house. Even if you know it's real, personally, societally, people scoff a little bit or people sort of brush it aside. Yeah. So it's, it's weird. It's, it's difficult, I think, if it's actual or if it's fake, I mean, that's the reason because it's just totally bogus. Right. But some of the stories I found about people being hypnotized and what had happened to them, some were a little bit more gimmicky than others. There's one story that a woman believed that she was drowning and they had to call 911 to save this woman from quote unquote drowning, but she wasn't in water. She was just hypnotized? She was just hypnotized. Yeah. It was a bunch of seniors in high school organized a senior night. It was right after they graduated and they and like the 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 school had organized and they paid for someone who practiced hypnosis to come in and hypnotize five people. He brought up five people on stage. But I guess it kind of affected some of the people out in the audience as well because they were really paying attention, maybe a little bit too hard. And he said, okay, now imagine we're going deeper down and deeper down. And I guess that was the word he was using, was deeper. Oh, no, sorry. Um, yeah, deeper under or we're going farther underneath or whatever, meaning like we're sort of falling out of consciousness perhaps or something. But allegedly, a girl in the audience... I guess somewhere in her brain, she associated this with being like farther, deeper underwater. That's how she was visualizing it. And then fell out of her chair and was choking and couldn't breathe. And her lips were turning blue. Maybe like she couldn't catch her breath. And then she came to and she's like, oh my gosh, I was just having these visions of being underwater and drowning. That's weird. But like 911 had to come and stop it from happening. Right. Which is very weird. Yeah. Well, there's like all those, I mean, I don't know. Did you ever do the hypnotized thing like when you were like younger? What's that? There was, well, just like hypnotizing your friends like at slumber parties and stuff. I think we, we did the like where you sit in the chair and like you lift them up with your fingers and stuff. Oh, light as a feather, stiff as a board. I guess that's like a form of hypnotizing. I think so. Maybe. But I don't know. There was that one. There was that like red door, blue door one. It was like red door, blue door, all the different color doors, walk down the hall, see them all. And you'd chant that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I think I think that was that one Dr. Seuss book that everyone gets whenever <laughs> they graduate high school. Green eggs and ham. Yeah. Red door, potato pancake. What was that the one? Potato pancake? Yeah, potato pancake. <laughs> make the walls shake. Love your potato pancake. I do really like potato pancakes. They're good. They're very, very good. good. Oh, there was there. There's this one as well, which I just titled "Whiff." On my, <laughs> um, that reminds me of like when um, Home Alone when he says his girlfriend is oh. ugly and he says "woof." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really funny part in that movie. 
Is yeah, one he says, what think... is it? Buzz's girlfriend. Is it Buzz? Is his brother's name? Buzz or his cousin or brother? I don't know. Buzz. Buzz's girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> Woof. I don't think I've ever like I've heard people like back in the day call people like dogs. Oh yeah. But then I've never heard anybody just say woof. Me either. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is really funny. But this one's just called Whiff. And it's a story from, uh, oh, I, I failed to mention all of these stories were I got off of Reddit. But okay. It was a humongous list, like hundreds and hundreds of uh, hypnosis and like what happened to me while I was hypnotized stories. But it was from a website and all the names were redacted and i think that's i guess that's fine but this one's called whiff again and it was told from someone else's perspective this person had watched their friend get hypnotized at like some party or some something right and the uh person who was administering the hypnotizing had one of those smelling salts for when you pass out you know what i'm saying yeah and their friend that was on stage was getting hypnotized and the person doing the hypnotizing said okay i'm gonna i'm gonna put something in front of your nose and it's gonna smell like perfume and I've never smelt smelling salts, but I guess they're disgusting. Like they're, well, they have to be potent enough to to wake you up out of blacking out. Yeah, seriously, right? Yeah. So they they put them underneath this person's nose, and they were making a face like, "Oh, how nice! This smells delicious." And they said, "Okay, this is like freshly baked cookies. Okay, this is perfume. Okay, it's flowers." And then they snapped them out of it, and they and then they put it under their nose, and they're like, "Oh, that's nasty! It's smelling salts, right?" So they reacted, quote unquote, appropriately to the way that these smelling salts smelled. Yeah, so it's almost like you kind of like tricked the brain. Yeah, seriously. I, I have, I have, I'm kind of out of time, but I have a ton more stories that maybe I'll get into next week or I'll, I can I can touch on a few sometime soon. But I think the, the weirdest thing for me about hypnosis is if it's an actual thing, non like magical, non-spiritual, I guess believing in somebody enough who you accept as being a professional in a certain field that they can trick your brain and like the the power of suggestion is strong enough to where you can think that you're drowning or you can smell smelling salts and think that you are smelling, I don't know, potato pancakes or something. Yeah, I really think it's just that's what it is. I don't think it's like anything magical or like you have to have this. Ta- I mean, I guess you have to have a talent into tricking people to think a certain way or be like super convincing. Right. I mean, I even look at it like modern days. I mean, not to get like super deep, but think about like all the crime documentaries and stuff like that that are out there now. Like if the directors want you to think a certain way about either the defendant or the plaintiff or whichever, they're going to trick you, even though they seem biased, they're going to trick you into totally siding with whoever they want you to side with. Oh, yeah. And there there was also a study done when I took like that one psychology course that everyone has to take in undergrad with like 12,000 people or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating. But there, there was one study that we learned about in that course where people would go into a room and the person who would administer a test or tell them to do something, sometimes the person would wear a white lab coat and other times they would be dressed in quote unquote street clothes, not wearing like a Tony Hawk tank top and like Hurley shorts just not wearing a lab coat. Right. And whenever the person was wearing a lab coat, or maybe not whenever, but the the majority of the time when the person was wearing the lab coat, the people did what this person said because the that power of suggestion, wearing a lab coat, saying, oh, I'm the one who's in charge. I'm the expert here because I'm wearing a lab right. coat. Right. I look like a doctor. 
here. So exactly. So you'll listen to me. Maybe dress has something to do with it. Maybe Absolutely. like your title. If you say, oh, I've I've done this and this and this and this across the world. I've hypnotized the Dalai Lama's nephew, Randy. You can you can seem really convincing and people just kind of believe it. Like people can't real life snopes a person, you know? Right. Exactly. It's silly. It's wacky. Hypnosis. <laughs> How the mind works oh. or doesn't work. Or fails to work because someone with spiky hair told you to smell perfume or something. Do you think ghosts have, you can hypnotize a ghost? <laughs> like what if, say you have a ghost in your house and it's really just, he's driving you crazy. He's kind of, he's not a demon, but he's, you know, he's enough to, he's, he's a lot to handle. So Megan, your ghost, your man ghost in your house, he yeah. just causes chaos. And you're okay. like, you know what? I'm going to trick this ghost. Into like helping me out around here. Because I got a lot of yard work. I got a lot of laundry. The dishes. Oh, oi, oi, oi. As our little um, nephew Vigo would say. Oi, oi, oi. Yeah. Trick your ghost. Get him to like, he doesn't pay rent. Yeah. Get him to do something. Yeah, I mean, we trick our pets into doing things for us that make them not paying rent better. Right, no, they're like just cute little cutesy tricks. Like, oh, you did the you did bang bang. You did the little bang bang where you fall over. I shot you and you died. Oh, that is a really weird trick. That's a really weird trick. It's very weird. Maybe so. We taught Molly when she was younger how to do the bang bang trick. Maybe we need to like rephrase it, like pew pew or bangs bangs, where it's like haircut and then she puts her hands up on her head and like shows us her bangs. Yeah. Okay, you ready for some haunted housekeeping, Lindsay? I am. I'm ready to tidy up this joint. Okay, good. (laughs) Well, we will see each and every one of you in the haunted housekeeping zone in three, two, one. Okay, everyone, it's just about that time. I think for the most part, on average, we have about two and a half weeks, maybe less, until it's time to start going back to school. To prove to Dada you're not a fool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a quote from a movie called uh, William Madison, starring (laughs) a a famous actor, Adam Sandler. I bet he'd have a Muslim backpack if he knew about them back then. So yes, that means that our first sponsor is Muslim Backpacks. You're going back to school. You want to have a fresh book lugger. You need to have a uh, diaper case for back to school. Maybe you need something for groceries. Maybe you need something for all those things. So maybe, maybe you need a bag that on the inside, there's a little Velcro pouch that can hold your iPod Nano. And it's like kind of ironic because it's like not only am I still using an iPod Nano, but the pocket inside is far too large just for one iPod Nano. You got to put your wheelies in there because you're not allowed to wear them at school. Wheelies or heelies? Oh, I don't know. Are they called heelies? Yeah. Oh, never mind. Heelies. (laughs) I don't know what a wheelie is. That was Lindsay from the future when she is either a mom or a grandma going, get out of here with your wheelies. And kids are started using Heelys again. They're like, they're not wheelies, they're Heelys. And then she'll say, go catch a Pokemon. <laughs> I did say Pokemon for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. So if you want to look at some well-made, very well-designed, fashionable backpacks, go to muzzum.com, M-U-Z-M-M.com, search around, find a cool pack for whatever the heck you're doing and enter the code JordanReed, J-R-D-N-Reed at checkout and you'll receive 10% off of your back 
pack. There's plenty of designs, floral designs, plain color stuff, really intense floral, very subdued and modern floral designs. They're great. I have a muslin bag. I've used it a lot. It's held up well. I like it. They're great to travel with. Yeah, they're great to travel with. They fit in the overhead compartment above your seat. They do. Perfectly. Ex yeah, ex like even packed to the brim, even peed to the B, you can fit those things in the overhead compartment, no problem whatsoever. So again, Muzzum.com, enter the code JordanReed and get 10% off of your backpack or two or three or four. It doesn't matter. Our next sponsor is Warby Parker. You're going back to school, you need to see things. <laughs> <laughs> you need to see the erase board. The erase board. <laughs> you need to see your future. You need, oh, that's pretty good. You need to see where you're going to be in the next four to five to 10 years. How are you going to do that with terrible eyesight? Yeah, you got to be fashionable and functional at the same time. Hello. Ha, duh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Warby Parker is an online, almost exclusively, there are brick and mortar stores around the country, but Warby, Par Warby Parker is the purveyors of fine eyewear, prescription sunglasses, regular old prescription glasses, even non-prescription stuff if you want. And now they have kids' glasses, which is really, really cute too. Oh, they do? Yeah, they're very cute. And they take kid insurance and adult insurance. Yeah, they just started accepting insurance, which is awesome. So just double check if they take yours or not. And I believe it's like a reimbursement program, right? Uh, I think they just accept the insurance now. You oh, have to jackpot. double check. That's they sweet. used to reimburse, but I think fairly recently they just started like actually accepting your insurance. Their glasses are not expensive. They're only $95 for a basic pair of frames and they're all really trendy and cute. And that includes the lenses as well. Yes. Which is nuts. Their customer service is great. If you have any issues or problem with your glasses, you just uh, give them a little, a little email shout out and they'll get back to you as soon as possible. I once had a few scratches. This is a, this is a real life true story. I once had a few scratches on the front of my lenses and I emailed Warby Parker and I said, hey, my glasses are getting a little bit scratched up. What do we do? How do I, do I pay for a new pair or whatever? And they said, no way. They didn't call me J-Boy, but I'll just say they did. They said, no way, J-Boy. And they sent me the exact same pair of glasses I had, priority mail or whatever, got here in a few days, and I just shipped them mine back, and that was it. They just gave me a brand new pair of glasses. Yeah, and every pair of glasses that you purchase from Warby Parker goes to some, another pair goes to someone in need. That's right. So if you would like to get your eyeballs looking fresh to death, you can go to bit.ly slash cscav, that's S-E-E-S-C-A-V, and start shopping at Warby Parker now because school's coming up. Time to rebrand, I think. See your future. All right, so welcome back. I hope you uh, got a little kick out of tidying up with your haunted housekeeping. Maybe you had to hypnotize yourself into listening to it. I don't know. I hope not. Yeah, me either, because I really like those things. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so my topic this week, I am, and we've, I'm not going to lie, me and Jordan have kind of talked about this a little bit, but not like to the extent that I have made it into. Is it getting another dog? No, but I would love another dog. So would I. But no, we were talking about horoscopes at work oh. and then me and Jordan happened to make a joke saying we should have dark ones and call them horoscopes. Oh, H-O-R-R-O-R, scorps. Yeah, so I have just a collected list of your 
dark horoscopes or horoscopes. Yeah. Just different things that I thought were creepy that matched your sign. Okay. Me or everyone? Yes. Well, you. Oh, bummer. <laughs> Are these going to be I have, terrible and scary? Some of them. I have mine as well, but we'll see if okay. we have enough time for both of us. Okay. So you're you're mostly just going to do mine right now. Yeah. Oh, this is scary. What, is if that, I, what if I find out that like, oh, when you turn 33, you're going to punch an elderly person because <laughs> well, you be, think you're being funny. No, they're very lighthearted, but they are it, they are cool. I think I did a really good job collecting things that would fit the Taurus. Okay, yeah. So I'm a Taurus. And these are things that I found online towards your horoscope as the Taurus of just these like dark things about the Taurus. Every other Taurus who's listening out there, let's rise up, band together, and let's, you know, we're we're in this together no matter how rough it gets. And if any of you listeners want me to do one of your horoscope signs, just uh, send me an email at SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com or give us a shout out on Twitter or Instagram at Spooky underscore Spouses and I'll collect some dark info about your sign as well. Ooh. Yeah. So, okay. So, Taurus. So, you share your signs with some pretty dark people. Okay. So, Martha, the Lonely Hearts Killer, she was a serial murderer. Great. I won't get too much into her. Okay, good. H.H. <laughs> H. Holmes was also oh, a Taurus. Oh, no. The the Chicago guy? Yeah, the who, devil in the White City. Who built the murder palace? The murder palace. And also, Saddam Hussein was a Taurus. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, so a little bit about your dark personality. Um, you're very temperamental, you're possessive, and you're stubborn. Also a natural born leader. And if you were to go to the dark side, you would probably be a dictator. Okay. Now I do know that, yes, I am stubborn, which is something that not, you know, people who are too stubborn wouldn't say because they go, no way, I'm not. So there you go. Maybe that's. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's as if you go to the dark side. So this is all just saying if you were to go to the dark side, like maybe some of your shared signed friends mm-hmm. this is what the taurus would be about so, so you'd be kind of more of a leader a little well, little angry leader maybe a bad one it sounds like yeah probably oh. not great okay so your urban legend that is tied to the taurus yes is the legend of the melon heads which is actually really close to where we grew up what was that like kirtland ohio or something yeah so that would be your urban legend i guess that's supposed to be something i mean Take this all with kind of a grain of salt because it was research that I found on the internet, but um, from various, various sites. But they said that the legend of the melon head usually revolves around the Taurus. So does that mean, well, then I guess that would mean that out of a few of the urban legends that I've heard or the spooky stories that I've heard, I take a big liking to that one. I guess so. I think that's what it's supposed to mean. Now, I... I will say it's it is really weird that you bring that up because in high school when I first heard about the melon heads, which is not a very good name, but no. that's just historically what it's called, I guess. Um, we'll just call them the Kirtland Kirtland Wood Wanderers. Um, <laughs> I was really obsessed with it. I really yeah. was. Well, maybe which is that's very weird. Why. Okay, so you're dark creature. Oh, can I guess it? I don't know if you will, but go ahead. It's a okay. Is it is it kind of spooky? Like a spooky well, I have creature? two. I have your like. Kind of your more like everyday creature, and then I have like your mythological creature. Okay, my mythological creature is a hydra, 
and my everyday creature is a corgi. No. Okay. So your everyday creature is a forest fairy. Oh, great. Because you're earthly and you're loving. Okay, that doesn't sound too dark. I mean, yeah, it seems like you're really stubborn and, you know, temperamental and you could be a dictator, but you're also a little forest fairy. Okay, that's nice. Your mythological creature, you are a gargoyle. Oh. As the most loyal sign in the zodiac, you are a protector of all things holy. Your friendship may be hard to win as those who hunted the gargoyle for protection had a pretty big fight. So once you became a friend, you're a friend for life and you'll do whatever it takes to take care of your own. So let me, okay, my friendship is hard to win over. Yes, but once you're a friend, you're you're there. Okay, if anyone out there is listening, and you know, you want to be friends, I think there are a few things that get you instantaneously on the friend list. Well, see, this is the thing. With a Taurus, I know you're a Taurus, but I know a lot of people also say that they think that there are other signs. Yeah. I think you are, like, not looking dark-wise, I think you are a Taurus, but a lot of times I do think you're more towards a Virgo or something. Yeah, because we we did that thing like, what's your other real zodiac sign? Right. And yeah, you and I both got Virgo. And I think that there are elements of Virgo that I associate with. But there are other ones where it's like, well, if I do act that way, that's very, it's it's seldom that that happens. Right. I mean, I'm a Libra and I I strongly believe that I am very much a Libra. Yes, you are. You are a very big Libra. So, okay. But anyways, your scary fictional character. Oh, but I never said how to how to for sure win me over as a friend. Oh, okay. How? We can go like really good. You just, somebody could just get you like a Thai dish. That's what I was going to say. And then you'd be like, oh, we're best friends for life. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say either uh, really good tacos or like some, like, I don't know, noodle, like a noodle dish or something. If you feed Jordan, he'll, he will follow you home. It has to, uh, but can't. It's like a cat. Meow. <laughs> so your fictional scary character. Okay. The Taurus is also like really well tied in with Hannibal Lecter. Oh. Which I can kind of see that like a little like, you know, temperamental, but smart and but stubborn, but has like a certain (laughs) cleanliness about the way he does something. Yeah. So yeah, you're Hannibal Lecter. Now, the one thing I'll also say about Hannibal Lecter that I think this is really neat. You saying these things and I'm, I'm realizing, oh, yeah, I actually I actually think about these things quite a bit, which is really weird. Uh, when Hannibal Lecter not eating people. Well, you were just talking about how you just feed you and you'll be your best friend. So it goes well. I do really enjoy food. Uh, (laughs) I think in a, I I would hope in like in a quote unquote healthy way. Yeah. But I do also really like fava beans and I also do (laughs) really like Chianti. Great. Perfect. Man, seriously, fava beans, I think they're very good. Okay, so your dark secret as a Taurus. Oh, no. I don't like this one. Truth be known, Taurus's dream of world domination. If they could go, if they could silence the entire world, they would. Because the dark dream of being the only one able to demand, command, and speak, well, that's the Taurus's dream come true. I don't like that one very much. Well, that's what your dark secret would be if you turned to the dark side. That I would just sort of wipe everybody out and just, it would just be me? I guess so. See? So you could be the only one that could, you know, demand and command and speak. I don't like that one You would get very lonely, I know. I would get so lonely and I love, I like, I really enjoy collaborating. I really, like, 
Sometimes it's difficult for me to make very easy decisions. I ask you for help a lot making easy decisions. Yeah. Well, this is just a little fun one that I threw in there because <laughs> speaking of food so much. Oh, jelly beans. Um, <laughs> the Taurus's gross food habit. Oh, no. Gro- it's a yeah, gross, gross one? food habit is, oh. besides eating people, I guess, apparently, <laughs> is they don't give a heck about expiration dates. Oh, that's that's false. They are super determined to finish it no matter what, which actually kind of fits in with Hannibal Lecter, I think. Yeah, it does. Now, I will say that maybe I let food that, you know, we've made at home sit in the fridge for a while. And then it's like, oh, I think it's still okay. But when it comes to a printed date, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Well, that's what your gross food habit is. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of kind of the horror film kind of realm and what the Taurus would be. So you're killer type. Okay. Taurus is very concerned with what is fair and what is right. You will be out for blood against anyone who mistreats others. Okay, I could could see that. If you cross a Taurus, they will come after you. Tauruses never forget and are likely not to forget or forgive. I think I am sort of a gr- like a grudge guy. So that would be your killer type. Your horror movie role. Now, you're not the killer. Now, you're just a civilian. Taurus is known for being stubborn and being a loner. In a horror movie, a Taurus might be the person who's not part of the main group, but has a vital information that can help others survive. However, if the group doesn't listen to the Taurus... The bull, because the bull is for the Taurus, will go their own way, convinced they know better than anyone else. This is not necessarily the best idea. The Taurus's obsession with being right will usually get them killed during one of the sequels. So I would make it through the first one. Apparently. Maybe the second movie. Yeah, you're going to have, you have that information, but like you just need to stop being stubborn is what's what basically it's saying. And let others make decisions and go, maybe you're right. But maybe this is the, the Taurus me. It's like, what if it's not a good one? What if it's not? What if what if like the other group's ideas are not zingers? Right. I guess that's but just the way you're going to be. I think like in, in this situation, I also like, I would like to make a decision that I know I might be the only one that this decision affects. And if it was a bad one, if it ends up being a, a, a real stinker, then my stinker decision would only have a negative effect on me. I don't know if that's anything. I don't know. Well, I have your horror film, Death. Oh, as the I'm, ready. I'm ready for this one. So you will die towards the end of the film. Okay. Just when you think that the protagonist is about to bite the dust, you suddenly appear to save the day. Unfortunately, the killer now has the sights set on you, and as the protagonist runs away, you are being viciously stabbed and tossed into the bonfire. See you later. So you're going to kind of like be the stubborn guy that maybe comes back, that saves the day, but then you're going to get stabbed and killed. People forgot about me 20 minutes through the movie or when when stuff started getting crazy. And then I like, see, my my plan worked. I'm here five minutes to the end of the movie. Oh, see ya. I got I got chopped in half. Now you're chopped in half. So that leads me to my last part of the Taurus. And it is, would you survive the zombie apocalypse? I don't think I would. Well, you'll try to work with a group of people, but you'll be unwilling to compromise. And when it comes to who has to keep night watch, you won't like it. So you will like being on your own. But there are strength in numbers, Taurus. This, unfortunately, will leave you as one small disappointing snack for a pack of zombies. Yeah, I could see that for sure. So you're going to run away, be stubborn, and you're just going to get zombie snacked. 
<laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, that's fine. But be really excited, though, that you kind of have this stubborn, like, bad boy kind of, you know, aura around you because mine was a little more let's say, floozy-ish. Oh, great. So, <laughs> oh, great. So, yeah, I mean, mine was fine, and it's pretty spot on to, I think, what would happen. But, yeah, mine was a little sillier. Let me hear yours. Okay, well, I'll run through mine really quick since we don't have a lot of time, but I have the same thing. So I'm a Libra. My shared signs are Lee Harvey Oswald, oh. Patrick, the freeway killer, Carney, which he killed a lot of people as well, Okay. and Vladimir Putin. Oh, bummer. And I was like, oh, bummer. So, yeah, that is a bummer. I had to throw two political ones in ours because I just thought they were kind of funny. But so my dark personality, the Libra usually doesn't break the law, but when they do, they will do it with a well-organized financial scheme. If they are caught, they'll go on the run heavily armed. So I don't usually want to break the law, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it organized and I'm going to do it right. Oh, for sure. You would be so thorough. You would also be very private about it, but you would also have all the equipment that you needed so that you wouldn't fail. Absolutely. My urban legend is the Flatwoods monster, which you talked about. So yeah, that's a really cool one and a really creepy one. Mm -hmm. Wasn't it like one of the most dangerous ones is the Flatwoods? Well, at least for me personally, still reigning supreme is the Wendigo. Yeah. Um, But we have talked about the Flatwoods monster. That's a West Virginia thing, I think, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. And I think the Flatwoods monster is going to be in the new Fallout game, which is so exciting. Video games. So (laughs) my everyday creature is the angel. Because I value peace and harmony. How nice. My mythological creature, you are Medusa all the way. Oh, great. Some people think Medusa is a mean, scary old woman, but really the opposite is true. She was really just a kind, beautiful, trusting girl who went against her vows and fell in love. Your tendency to avoid confrontation and your romantic tendencies get you in trouble. If you wallow long enough in self-pity, you'll turn into Medusa. Wow. So Medusa, my dark secret is that I'm obsessed with everyone loving me, even if it is way too much. Okay. So I kind of have this like weird, like I said, a little floozy-ish. Like I'm a little like, I need to be in love and like, I need everyone to love me. Yes. So. Well, you are, you, you which do I like. Will, I will say is true. Yeah. You, you like to make people happy and you like to let people know that they're appreciated, which I think fosters a good relationship. Yeah. I do. So. My fictional scary character is Dracula. I talked about vampires. Yeah, so we, we have both a lot of did. connections this this episode. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be my fictional scary character. My f- disgusting gross food habit <laughs> is eating everyone else's food. I don't know. You you really don't do that here. I don't, but I did talk earlier. I noticed that when you said, what would you do if I passed out if my clothes were too tight? Oh, yeah. And I said I would come eat the things I wanted to eat. So my killer type, the only way Libra would ever be doing a murder is... One, allowed themselves to be framed. Two, got caught up in someone else's mess. So they would like n- likely not be the murderer, but an accessory to the crime. Okay. So yeah, so I'm not not like a cool, like I don't like full out murder like you do, but I'm like, <laughs> oh man. But I guess that makes us work well together because if you're going to murder someone, I'm like, shoot, well now I'm caught up in this. I better do 100%. Otherwise I'm going to freak out because not everybody loves me. <laughs> so my horror movie role... 
Because they want to please everyone all the time, Libras are known for being well-liked. In a horror movie, the Libra would be the character that everyone likes, and they'd probably also be the person to rescue the poor soul that Virgo abandons to save their own skin. While Libra's likability will get them pretty far in a horror film, their constant need of approval, paired with their inability to make a decision, should I run up the stairs or out the front door, will be the cause of their demise in the third act. Libra is the character you're rooting for the most, but you know deep down we'll never make it to the end. Well, that's sad. And then the end of the quote, it says, hey, that's okay because Libra will have the most mourners at their funeral. True. I was like, aw. So then my horror death is basically kind of the same thing, which was really funny that a lot of these websites were meeting up with each other. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? They're kind of factual in a way, if you believe in all this. Sure. But you are the protagonist's best friend. You are also innocent, kind, helpless, but you're a little bit too flirty. You'll probably die because you drink way too much early on in the movie. And before the group even knows there's a killer on the campgrounds, you're murdered because you were on your way to go grab a beer. <laughs> Which Which I, is funny because I don't drink very much. No, yeah, 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 but yeah. But maybe I had one beer and I was like, whoa, I'm a little flirty and crazy now. But <laughs> yeah, because it is funny because you always refer to uh, whenever you're about to have a drink, which makes me uncomfortable when when you say it in a restaurant, you ask for one flirt fuel. Flirt fuel. <laughs> They're like, do you, what do you mean, wine? You're like, yeah, just, I need a glass of Pinot Gris flirt fuel. So that brings to the last one. And would I survive in the zombie apocalypse? Libra, your demise will be your empathy. You can't worry about playing fair in the apocalypse. It's a zombie eat zombie world. You'll try to ration out food based on age and size and your peers will end up shooting you because of it. Can you blame them? I mean, you took your sweet time. So I'll try to be too fair and organized and then I won't even get, you'll get eaten by a zombie because you went out and tried to do something. I'm just going to get shot by the villagers because they're like, you old lady, come on. So I think that this basically boils down to I'm stubborn and I like to do things my own way and you are too empathetic, but a little flirty when you have a little sippy. And I guess a little too organized. (laughs) Too organized. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess people will like me. Well, good. That makes the Libra feel good because all I am as obsessed with is people liking me. And you know what's funny is you mentioned that the Virgo is going to like run away or do something to like save their own yeah, booties or something. Like I did research from a bunch of different sites and stuff like that. And I almost incorporated a little bit of Virgo, but I knew we wouldn't have a ton of time. But yeah, Virgo was very like, I mean, they're kind of Libra-ish a little bit and they're kind of touristy a little bit. Like they want to save their own and they want to do a really good job all the time. But at the same time, like basically everything got to like, I want to do a really good job, but stepping on other people. Oh, yeah. See, that's very unlike Virga or uh, Libra and Taurus. Right. So, I mean, it was like definitely in the middle. But yeah, if you really honestly want me to do your sign, I can compile these same things for you and I'll send you a little email about it if you really want me to research it. I think that would be sweet. Yeah. So if you want that to happen, send us an email at SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com or holler at us on Twitter at Spooky underscore Spouses. And we are on Instagram also at Spooky underscore Spouses. Yeah, and I'll get it compiled for you. If you're a Taurus or a Libra, you already had yours done. So So there. You get yours right away. Cha-ching. So before we go, again, Lindsay and I are going to try to do this thing where we play... (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry. We have the, the TV on mute right now, and there's this <laughs> Urban Legends TV show playing from 2002, and we both looked at the TV at the same time, and there was a, a, a dummy sitting with, with a big white beard with its pants down sitting on a toilet <laughs> in what looked like uh, like a rock quarry. So that was very strange. Usually when we do these shows, we either have like a scary movie on the background or just a really stupid, scary show. And sometimes <laughs> there's that man again. There's yeah, that dummy. The dummy's back up. And I don't even remember what this show is called, but don't watch it. It's a bad show. This, but... guy, this guy is putting a piece of dynamite <laughs> in the toilet and then putting the dummy back on. Uh, and it looks like the dummy has like a Bill Clinton mask <laughs> with a white beard. Either way. So, Linz and I... caught us off guard. It really did. Uh, Linz and I are going to try to do this thing on our PlayStation number four, where we play Dead by Daylight. I believe that's the name of the game. With some of you. So, if you would like to play with us, and we urge you to, because how fun... We're on PlayStation at Lil Molly Pup. L-I-L underscore Molly underscore pup and find us on there add us as a friend when we log on either very late at night or super early in the morning the dummy just exploded we will accept your request and then we'll find a time where we can all play together probably at night sometime i bet yeah it's a free game it's really fun i mean and it really fits our aesthetic it's it really, really cool. does so yeah come play what is it dead by daylight dead by daylight hang out and don't be worried neither of us are good at video games so it will be fun. I just do yelling and then Jordan controls it. I might even order a little mic so we can actually like talk back and forth because we were invited to play the game last night with some random person and we don't have a mic for our PlayStation and they were talking at us and then I just kind of left because it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> so some 14 year old kid just got his heart broken. Well, I don't know about that. He probably thought we were noobs and then we left. Yeah, probably. Well, we would like to thank Eli Rexford Chambers for the music you heard at the beginning, middle, and you're about to hear in the next minute and a half at the end of our episode for writing all the music. So thank you very much, Eli. Yeah, and always just a shout out to everyone over at the Scavengers Network. It has been fun working with everyone, and there's wonderful shows on that network, so check it out. Yeah, they're on, or we are on social media at Scavengers Net or Scavengers Network on Instagram, and I believe it's scavengersnetwork.com for the official website. So go over there and find some shows and come hang out with us. And also a huge thank you to all our listeners out there. Without you, there is no us. So we appreciate it. Yeah, and we also just got some new gifts in the mail uh, from our friend Amy Gad. She got us, uh, what, Loveland Frogman pins. And we love them. They're awesome. His arms are so tiny and so silly. They're wonderful. So thanks, Amy. Well, until next Monday, have a, just have a spooky one. Have a Taurus Tuesday. Have a dream of world domination. We hope that in the past you've been hypnotized and this coming Wednesday, the 15th, when a, when your phone go, when your phone vibrates, you turn into a duck. Quack. Well, thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks everyone. And, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Is this why you pee outside? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just checking.
<laughs> thought there was a, there was a reason <laughs> why you enjoy it. <laughs> okay, go. <sighs> Lindsay.